Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I am Ryan Zoot. And I'm Aaron McMahon. For the second week in a row, the Michigan football team welcomes the Huskies to the big house. This Saturday, it's Northern Illinois. We talk about the coach and QB that will be familiar with Michigan and what else to expect in Saturday's matchup. Coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, we got the Huskies again. I, is this, I don't know, has this ever happened before? It's one of those things that, I mean, it'd be kind of hard to just look up. We need Elias to, to tell us whether they've played two teams in a row with the same mascot. Pro- I mean, I don't know, probably not. Maybe. Chances are probably pretty slim. I didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind. That's, that's pretty, pretty funny. I'm trying to think and that'd be tough because there's really no common match, common matches in the Big Ten, right? And the Big Ten doesn't have any of the most common ones. There's no Tigers or I'm thinking like Cardinals, like Bulldogs. Ball State, but like who yeah. match, you know? There's another, there's some other yeah. Spartans, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah there's like one or State. two others, but I mean, yeah. yes. And there's other, uh, oh, what are, yeah, there's not. <laughs> the wild, okay, Wildcats, the Northwestern Wildcats, that's another oh, yeah. one that's like somewhat popular. So, so there'd be a, there'd be a chance there. Like their bowl game is always going to come after Ohio State and there's no other Buckeyes. So that, that always kind of helps for that one. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Tigers is another common one, but again, it'd have to be like back to back non conference games. We'll see. Uh, second, second Mac team they're playing now as they wrap up their non-conference already beat Western Michigan in the opener. Western was picked, you know, middle or near the top of their division in the Mac Northern Illinois after going 0 and 6 last year was picked near the bottom. That's a, they were the last team, right? In the, in the Mac West. Yeah, they were picked. Yeah. They were picked at last, last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. After not winning a game last year, Thomas Hammock is, is the coach. Um, this is his third year there at his alma mater. Five and seven in 2019 before the winless year last year. Uh, one and one this year, beat Georgia Tech by one, uh, and then a wild game at Georgia Tech, and then a wild game against Wyoming at home last week, which they lost. He, he's got familiarity with Michigan's coaches. Uh, he worked under John Harbaugh uh, with the Baltimore Ravens as their running backs coach for five seasons before taking this job. So, you know, he said, he said, I'm familiar with the, with the Harbaugh DNA. And then, of course, also on that staff was current Michigan defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. And, you know, he said they talked about, you know, even though they were on opposite sides of the ball, hey, you know, how do you attack protections and and with your blitzes and things like that? So he feels like he has a good idea of what, you know, Michigan wants to do on both sides of the ball. But, you know, all that familiarity is nice. If you don't have if you don't have the horses or Lowski's, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter, you know, right? And I, I just think that that point spread of, of nearly four touchdowns kind of kind of speaks to that with with this matchup. Yeah, I, I asked McDonald about that on Wednesday. He didn't clearly didn't want to talk about it much. He said he respected Thomas Hammock and the job, you know, the job that they did and the job that he's doing in Northern Illinois. But yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting storyline going in probably get into this a little bit later, but they have a familiar quarterback there too, who played against Michigan last year. He was able to expose Michigan's defense, but the difference between last year and this year is, is a world is is different. I mean, they thought last year's defense was very predictable under Don Brown this year. Not so much. I mean, they've got two games of tape on film to look at, but they're doing things so differently and rotating so many guys in and out and they're giving opponents different looks. It's, it's not going to be the same uh, Michigan defense that, that Rocky Lombardi in Michigan State was able to carve up last year. I'm going to call it right now. Lombardi's throwing three picks on Saturday. Book it. 
So if, if you're a Michigan State fan, okay, and you're hearing, oh, Rocky Lombardi's, you know, oh, he's, he's coming, he's coming back to the big house to, to face Michigan. Like you're expecting him to complete fewer than half his passes, two or three of those passes caught by the defense. You know, if, if you're a Michigan fan, though, you're probably expecting him to throw for, say, 323 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and just pick apart the secondary on deep balls all afternoon, because that's exactly what he did last year, uh, October 30th. Those are his numbers. And and the, the the first set of numbers I gave are his career numbers. He's under 50% and has thrown more interceptions and touchdowns over his career. But, you know, he had a he had a beautiful day the, the day before Halloween in an upset win. So uh, I don't think Michigan <laughs> State fans expected them to win that game last year. Like that's that's how there's just no confidence in Lombardi and the offense. And that's just how crazy last year was. So. Right. There was also like eight people in the big house, too. Yeah, there, there was that too. I mean, I, I still think Michigan or State probably would have won that game based on their game plan. But again, Lombardi's faced this Michigan team before. He, he's been in this big game. He knows what it takes to win. But the variables, I think, this season are, are a little bit different than last year. And I think that's why you're not, I don't think you're going to see the, another career, career game from Rocky Lombardi, especially with, with a supporting cast that probably isn't, isn't as good. Right. I mean, I think exactly. <laughs> but it can't hurt that he's got that confidence of, of having having done it. Let, let's talk about the other side of the ball, though, now, because there were I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I'm just not sure how this is just a really loud minority or what. But it, it you know, you guys probably get more messages than than I do. Like people seem to be maybe a little upset with Michigan's offense on Saturday. And it's just kind of wild to me because. I guess sports are entertainment, right? So if sports are entertainment, then it wasn't the most exciting game because they ran the ball a ton. They had 15 passes for 44 yards and 33 of those came on one play. So yeah, maybe not the most like visually like appealing game, but Washington couldn't stop the run. So Michigan didn't stop running. What do you think is going to happen this Saturday against Northern Illinois? I generally don't know. I could see this playing out like any of three ways. I could see Michigan, and we talked about earlier this week, going out there Saturday and running and running and running it down the throat again and not giving NIU any reason to, you know, to is it like I could see it being a duplicate of Washington. I could see Michigan coming out of the gate and throwing the ball a lot just so Harbaugh and Josh Cash can say, hey, see, we can't throw the ball, so shut up. Or I, I could see, I think the more realistic expectation and Saturday's probably mix of both. They're probably going to start with the run, establish the crown game and use that to open up the passing game a little bit more because yes, they do need to throw the ball down the field more. It, it needs to happen at some point. I don't think it necessarily had to happen against Washington that like folks seem to think they it should have, but yes, they will have to roll the red carpet out there and throw the football at some point, whether it's this week or next week against Rutgers to kind of get ready for the, the meat of the big 10 schedule. But I think it helps them going against a middle middling Mac school who, you know, is a 27 point underdog where they, they've got that cushion to experiment and do different things. So I'm tempted to think it, it's going to be a mix of both. They'll probably try and establish their ground game first. And once they do that, open the, open the floodgates, they can throw the ball, but I don't know. I generally don't know. And I think that's probably the, from, to me, that's going to be the most interesting thing to watch on Saturdays, how, how they approach this game offensively. This is what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to come out throwing the ball first couple of drives probably have some success because I don't think this NIU defense is very good. And then once they did, they did a big three touch, three touchdown lead and they're just going to go back to pounding the rock and 
do and do what they've been doing against other teams too and have success running the ball too. I think they're going to score a lot of points on this NIU defense on Saturday. There's got to be a reason they do it though. I mean, Aaron was maybe joking a little bit where it said, you know, uh, Harbaugh's mentality of, look, we can do it. I mean, I don't think they're going to do it just to, you know, kind of appease the fan base. I think it's got to be the reasoning has got to be more about confidence for your own players that you can, you can do it. I mean, there is a thing called practice that you're doing, you know, in the, in the days leading up to games, you can do some good on good action and, and try to practice your vertical passing game in those scenarios. But I agree. You don't want the first time you unveiled in a game to be Ohio state or, or Wisconsin or, or whatever. Like you want to have some game reps with success in that area. But it's not just about impressing fans, though, too. you got to remember that this is a really important season for recruits, too. And if they're going to want to bring in some some quarterbacks in the next couple cycles, they're going to need to show that they, that this offense can still move the ball downfield with, with their with their quarterback and the receivers and, and have, show a good mix, too. So that's a, a, another element. If you have a lot of success throwing the ball against a team like Northern Illinois, it opens up some eyes, too, to, to some recruits. I'm like, all right, like, if I'm a quarterback or receiver – I can see myself going there, like how they move the ball uh, against Northern Illinois. Obviously, they'll have to continue to do that against better teams. But this season, everything they do on the field is going to be important because of all the changes they had this offseason and, and and their two and four record last year. They need to show that they've taken the proper strides to to put this team or this program back on course. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's they would do that. They would throw the ball more to appease to not just fans but to, to recruits and college pundits and the like, just because they want to generate buzz and, and have things clicking on all cylinders here moving forward. I think it's important to put all this step back and put all this in context too. You know, some folks thought this was a do or die year for Jim Harbaugh. I don't necessarily agree with that, but the pressure is clearly on him to have a good season and win some football games. That was something they couldn't do last year. They went two and four. They struggled against, you know, some of the better big 10 teams. They lost to the Michigan States. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan coaching staff realize they need to win football games, and I think they're going to do that at all costs. Whether that means running the ball a lot or shying away from the passing game, they're going to lean on their positives, their strengths, and right now it's running the football on their offensive line. It was something they told us they were going to do in the offseason. They didn't shy away from it, and, and sure enough, through two weeks, that's what we've seen. Um, I expect them to continue to make that a a focal point of their offense, but I, as you guys said, and I, I totally agree, I mean, they, they're going to have to throw the ball at, at some point and air it down the field. But I think for them to win football games, their best bet right now is to establish a run game and lean on that until they need to throw the ball. And I think some of the angst that the fans had towards the Michigan offense was, I mean, in the yeah, the Michigan scored 31 points. But if you go back to the first half and look at their drive chart, I mean, they had three punts in the first half and only scored on two two of their six possessions. So I think there was a little frustration early on. Then they come out in the second half, have that, eight play drive where they ran the ball all eight times and really established the run. But in the first half, I mean, it, their offense wasn't just moving the ball left and right down the field with, with the rushing attack. There was, there was a little, some struggles there They had two, three and outs to, to end the half. So I think that's where most of the frustration stemmed from um, before they really got going there in, in the second half as well. All Zook ever cares about is how it affects recruiting. I mean, as if it's <laughs> as if it's the lifeblood of a program or something like that. Um, I, I will say running the ball, there are a lot of benefits, like kind of secondary benefits of, of doing that. Like if you could choose one way to one thing to be really good at, it would be running over passing because, you know, time of possession is one thing. You 
keep the ball more, you keep your defense off the field, keep your defense fresher. The more you can run the ball in the first three quarters effectively, the easier everything is in the fourth quarter because you've you've worn them down in a way that, you know, throwing the ball and scoring quickly doesn't. I mean, in the end, I mean, Harbaugh said it like and, and John Beeline used to say this, too. There's like a lot of different ways to win a game. You know what I mean? In the end, you need more points than the other team and how you get there, you know, but with with possessions or, you know, whether you're you're limiting, you know, you're limiting turnovers or you're do, there's just so many different ways to do it. And right now, Michigan is doing it in this way, which is, as Aaron said, it's just it's what they're best at right now. And it limits the opportunity for turnovers, too. I think yep. the, the likelihood of a turnover is a lot lot higher when you when you go through the air, whether it's um, the pass off target, a tip pass, the, uh, the batted ball at the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's dropping back and being sapped and fumbling. So, yeah, you're right. that's I think a big reason why Michigan hasn't turned the ball over yet. I'm curious to see when how they respond to when they do either give the, the opposing team a short field with the turnover. Um, if that comes in, in the big 10 schedule, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, so far so good. in, in that regard. And let me say something too. I, I don't think their lack of a passing game is necessarily a lack of confidence in their quarterback. I, I think they think Cade Merrick, Merrick can do it. I, I think this more illustrates, and I think we mentioned this earlier in the week that the loss of Ronnie Bell has had on, on the receiving game. Uh, he was their best receiver. Uh, he was best at going down the field and in, in getting the big yards. They don't really have that right now. I, I think they think they can get that somewhere, whether it's Dalen Baldwin or Cornelius Johnson. Cornelius has had a slow start, hasn't had those explosive plays. I think some of us thought he would get. And now that he he started the year as kind of the number two, he now moves in that number one role when he wasn't really able to establish himself as number two. So now he's going to be attracted by you know opponents' best corners. Uh, he's going to get a lot of attention. So that's going to force some of these younger guys who haven't really been in the spotlight much, haven't had a ton of experience, to have to step up and make plays. And I think that's what Michigan's waiting on to happen. I, I think they can get it. They think they can get it. But that's where um, these next game, couple of games, I think, are going to be crucial. And that's why it probably will be important for them to throw the ball. But I, I'm really curious to see how much they actually do it in the next the next two weeks. Is this halftime of our episode? Who Who's to say? Recording this in real time, we don't know, but I'll just say it is and use it to plug two things. First of all, our voicemail line. You can call us now and share your thoughts. Was Michigan's offensive attack boring to you? Do you think they should be throwing more? Tell us at this point, maybe we don't really want to hear your thoughts on Northern Illinois. Wait till Sunday and then call us and tell us how you felt about that performance. But it's 616 222 616-222-1022. Drop us a message and we will play it on this podcast or at the very least uh, respond to your question or comment. Second thing is I've got a story coming today or tomorrow about number 89, Carter Selzer. Aaron, you were talking about deep ball threats. You mentioned Dalen Baldwin, Cornelius Johnson. Oh Let's throw Carter yeah. Selzer in there, a tight end, <laughs> former walk-on. Uh, he's getting some offensive snaps now. Most of his work comes on special teams. He's called the sheriff, brought a smile to everybody's face when I asked about him. So hopefully uh, the story will bring a smile to your face as well. All right. Those are the two plugs. Um, one shameless, one not. And uh, we'll get back to this game. What else did we learn this week that is relevant to Michigan's game against Northern Illinois? Uh, defensively, I, I think they're going to try and force some turnovers. Uh, Mike McDonald didn't really want to talk about it the other day, but other players have. We, I think we hit on earlier this week. They have, they don't have any interceptions yet. They, they've come close several times. And I think with Rocky Lombardi back at quarterback and Northern Illinois is probably going to be behind early. They're probably going to throw the ball quite a bit. 
So it's going to leave some opportunities there for like Michigan to uh, create some some plays there in the secondary. I think that would be a, a beneficial thing for them in their secondary, kind of going into the heart, the heart of Big Ten play. They need that kind of confidence uh, because they've been playing well. I mean, if you go back and watch the tape, the defensive backs have been everywhere. They've been around the ball. They've had their hands on a lot of balls. I think Vincent Gray dropped a couple of interceptions. Daxon Hill's been around. So I, I think it's time for them to, to make a uh, make a play in the passing game. Uh, not only for their confidence, but their just you know the uh, the stats. Let me just before Ryan jumps in, what did Mike McDonald talk about yesterday? I wasn't there for it, and you know you just keep telling me all these things he didn't want to talk about. Was <laughs> it? Did he share anything useful? He, he he gave me a little comment on, on recruiting and and on the, the defensive line rotation. It sounds like they're going to continue to rotate guys at multiple levels of their defense. What I'm most curious about, I mean, they're probably going to get up big on NIU again Saturday, but like. When you get into a close game in the third or fourth quarter against a, a Big Ten team, are you going to continue to rotate all these different packages and personnel, or are you going to try and stick your best uh, 11 guys out there and, and keep them out there for an entire drive to try and go win the, the game? Because right now it's like kind of, especially on the defensive line, like who, I mean, yeah, you have Aiden Hutchinson, but other than that, like who's the other starting three or four or five, it's, it's tough to tell because they've been rotating guys so much. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Yeah. He was, he was a bit coy and quite a bit. He, he like he, he did want to talk about the crowd. He thought he was energized uh, by the, the crowd on Saturday night. McDonald's done a very good job of not tipping his hand with a lot of stuff. I think we've learned more about Michigan's defense from the, uh, the assistants like below McDonald's and the players than we have from him. I don't, I don't think he wants uh, a lot out there and, and rightfully so, you know, I get it. But, you know, there's still work in progress. He acknowledged that. You know, he said there's a lot of things they still got to clean up, especially from a technical standpoint and play and play calling and communication. I think that's probably been the biggest issue with them and just from a, from a, a schemes or a, from a unit standpoint, communication issues. And that's going to come with, uh, you know, for sure, coordinator and some guys playing out of position. One thing we didn't ask, and I'm sure it'll, it'll come up in the next couple of weeks, but what the heck happened to Michael Barrett? I mean, he was a guy I think we all expected to start at linebacker. He's fallen down the depth chart. You know, he wasn't that big punt and helped, you know, help that come through. But like they're not playing him a ton. And it makes me wonder what what's going on there. Uh, you know, he was brought in to play Viper for Don Brown. Obviously, they were kind of shifting him to inside linebacker. They asked him to put on some weight. And he just he hasn't seen the field a ton. And I, I think that's an interesting storyline to watch in the next couple of weeks of whether he's able to collect some of that playing time or he, he falls off again because he's I mean, he's one of the more experienced linebackers. You think they'd at least, you know, give him a shot. Yeah, right now they're playing mostly Junior Colson and Nikai Hill Green, who came into the season with a combined zero plays on on defense heading into the year, too. So I mean, when you're getting passed up by two inexperienced guys like that, that says a lot about kind of uh, the downfall that he's had. But yeah, it's a long season and we'll see, we'll see what happens moving forward. I'll tack on the punt return unit. You know, you guys have, have written about it. We've talked about it on this podcast. Like, is this the week that maybe AJ Henning is back there to give them a little more dynamic option uh, returning returning punts? Or is it another week where he didn't he didn't prove himself in, in practice and they stick with the more shorthanded Caden Colasar? We'll see. Again, it's, it's it's this hidden yardage that does matter, you know, as you start playing more competitive games. So we'll see. I think you've got to give Henning a shot while you're still in non-conference play. And so you don't want his first punt return to be uh, in a big 10 game and, and he, he muffs it then. And then at Camp Randall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it just makes so much sense to, to give, give him a try here in, in this game. Um, give him a couple 
couple punts, some experience and, and see how he does. Like, yeah, he could be doing great in practice, but when you got 107,000 fans in there too, uh, I'll, I'll bet home fans, it, it's a whole different ball game. So we even, we saw Caden struggle a little bit in, in the game on last Saturday and he's supposedly been the most sure-handed guy in practice. So again, w- once you're out there on the field in a game setting, it, it completely changes everything. So I, I really think that they're going to give, I mean, if it's not Henny, maybe a, uh, a DJ Turner or uh, uh, Angel Anthony to try here in this game before they, they begin Big Ten play. I will say it does sound like Jim Harbaugh doesn't want Colasar returning punts, but you know, as, as they've said, he's kind of been their best option. And if he's their best option and still is, I mean, you got to put him out there. You don't want turnovers. You don't want muff punts. That's like the last thing you can expect. I don't think he looked particularly solid on Saturday night. No. Um, but if he's if he's your best option, I mean, I don't I don't know if you take a chance on someone else at this point. We'll see. Uh, we, we asked him this week, and he said he was still returning punts along with a, a group of other guys, as, as you mentioned, A.J. Henning being one of them. You know, if Michigan can't, you know, depend on any any of the other guys, and they think Cole serves their best option. I mean, you got to roll with them at this point. They might just start going for the pump block every single time. Send no one back there. Just full speed ahead to go for the block. Carter Selzer's trying to get on that pump block team. He's not on it right now, but he's trying to. <laughs> he's working his way to get on there. Okay, so let's close with this. Based on what I've heard from you guys so far, that you know, twenty-seven and a half point spread. I'm seeing you're expecting a victory around that number. Yes. Yeah, I have Michigan covering that number. I have them winning big, 30-plus 30, 30 points. Yeah, same. I mean, I set my final score. Do we want to give final scores out now, or are we waiting? They got to go to MLive.com for that. For That's that. What but I we, thought. We've, we've <laughs> tipped our hand enough to say, and listen, we're, again, after starting last season, I combined 0-6 on just whether Michigan would win the game or not. <laughs> we are 6-0 and to start this year trying to move to it'll be it'll be either nine and oh or six and three because we've all got the the same result um oh it's gonna be nine and oh just a matter of how by how many points i think <laughs> there you go uh all right well we'll be back uh sunday night or monday morning i guess for your listenership purposes uh with a with a recap pod but in the meantime plenty of content coming to mlive.com slash wolverines thank you for listening